0: And now, here's our Monday feature, South Bend Stories, where we hear from area residents about the people, places, and events that have made this city what it is today. South Bend Stories is produced at the Salvation Army Croc Center Recording Studios and is a joint venture with WVPE, along with SB 150, a celebration of the 150th anniversary of the city of South Bend, the Tire Rack, and the Community Foundation of St. Joseph County, in partnership with the Salvation Army Croc Center. Today, we hear from broadcast pioneers Franklin Schurz Jr. and Bob Bell. Frank starts by explaining how early radio differs from what we listen to today and also his days as a newspaper boy delivering the South Bend Tribune
1: while radio was important, it only basically was a headline service, at least as far as national and international news went, and all of that material came off the Associated Press wire ticker. So I had the um, interesting experience of delivering two extras. The first was the occasion of Franklin Roosevelt's death, and then a month later, Victory in Europe Day in World War II. There are t- two kinds of news, gigantic international events, and then more personal ones. I think my saddest day was the murder of a reporter in our Mishawaka Bureau, uh, Mary Collins, who had been an intern, whose parents had both worked with us going back into the the newsroom and finding one of Mary's co-workers writing this story with tears streaming down her face was certainly a sight you'll never forget. But uh, happier ones such as the end of World War II, the cessation of the Korean War, elections of presidents, Notre Dame victories, these all stand out as happier times. I think we have to remember that in those days, the role of radio is certainly different than it is today. It was very much a, really a headline-type service. It was a major source of entertainment, and it, it served a more of a community binder role, probably second only to the newspaper.
2: In uh, 1989, WSBT was presented with the Golden Mike Award in New York City, and in the uh, program for that event, was uh, titled Another Look Back it's hard for uh, us today to imagine what life would have been like for the early radio workers. Mundane business of filling each broadcast day or tinkering with a bulky transmitter to keep the station on the air. The day that the television went on the air, that was very interesting when the transmitter arrived. We had pre-prepared all the wiring. It just took up to it and uh, put it on the air. And in putting it together, there was a joint every 20 feet. The male portion that couples the two pieces together is called a bullet. And that has flanges on it because it has to flex. They got the bullet started wrong split the bullet, shorted out the transmission line, so we had to find that laboriously in rain and sleet. And then when it was repaired, we finally were able to put the station on the air. That delayed us by a number of hours, or we might have been number one on the air. Well, from then on, it was nothing but up. Uh, another note I wanted to touch on,
1: which probably it may have been forgotten by many, when the transmitter moved to uh, South Ironwood, about four miles south of South Bend, they bought a lot of acreage, more than they needed for a transmitter, although they were expecting to put up additional towers. And when they c- contracted that plan of where the towers would go, they saw, we've got a whole lot of land here. They decided to donate that for the 4-H fairgrounds. 4-H prior to that had been held in Playland Park, and they were rapidly outgrowing it. I know I worked there for the station one summer um, from the promotion department. This is really a a marvelous facility, which was donated and accounts for the strong linkage between WSBT TV and radio and the 4-H organization.
2: We sure have a strong history of talented people in the organization. Uh, Joe Boland, of course, I was here when When he was in his heyday, he started the Irish Football Network. That grew into, I don't know, how how many stations? Do you know how many stations that grew into? It was the fourth largest network in the country. I can believe it. And um, Joe would do the broadcast on a a weekly basis for the football team. Those were good days. The Who's Your Favorites, the uh, Homemaker's Time, Justin's Workshop, uh, Mike May with his Captain Mike and the kids, on and on and on. Uh, All of the Shure's children were involved. The co- corporation uh, spread out over the country. And as a matter of fact, your father, I guess, started that. The predecessor of Shure's
1: Communication, which is the South Bend Tribune, Shure's Communications came into being in 1976.
2: It's interesting reading the old stories about your dad. In 1925, he went into F.A. Miller's office indicated he was ready to go to work. And Mr. Miller told him to put on a pair of coveralls and start out in uh, one of the plate-making portions of the building. Well, I know exactly what he went through because that's where
1: I started (laughs) as well. And now we don't even use plates like that. So it's not only a good way to learn the business, it's a good way to get to know the people.
2: I sure have enjoyed working for the company, Frank. Well, thank you. I, I loved it. It was just great. The company backed my harebrained ideas, backed up <laughs> Well, we had a lot of great people, and, and they were fun, we to work, fun to work with. We them, did. You know. It was great. It was like a family. You know.
0: That was Franklin Schurz Jr. and Bob Bell sharing their South Bend story. South Bend Stories is heard each Monday morning at 7.45 a.m. during Morning Edition and a little past 12.30 p.m. on Here and Now. If you would like to share your South Bend story, visit the website org.